MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show, because by hour two, he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid kid. weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol by volume. Alcohol by volume. I no, shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin food, right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Welcome to Alcohol by Volume. I think this is, what, episode 69? Ha ha tee Insert sexual joke here. Um, it's Tuesday, June 3rd. First show of June 2014. Ah, Dennis has arrived in the chat. Roy Black on Crack is in the chat. Marianne is in the chat. Welcome aboard. If you are not in the chat, you should be more like radio.com slash live. Uh... You can listen live. You click on the click here for audio button. And on the live tab, you can uh, join the chat. And uh, Dennis says, I'm in episode 69. Um, I'm trying to figure out what that means. I think he may be propositioning me. Okay. Uh, let's see. What do I got to start with? Um, ugh, fucking tired. And considering um, I haven't had to work this week, I, I'm off for the next two weeks. I decided to use vacation days. Um, so you'd think I'd be drunk all day, right? <laughs> no, I'm actually getting shit done. I'm, I'm running in the early morning at a nearby park. I had a shoot this morning after my run. Um, then I work on video stuff at a local Starbucks. In fact, that's pretty much where I found myself doing show prep yesterday. Uh, too much going on to be drunk all day, sadly. And, uh, I see Scram's also entering the chat, uh, via his cell. So welcome aboard, Scram's. Um... Yeah, and so, I mean, basically, it's, it's kind of nice being able to uh, to run in the morning and not have to, you know, finish the run and come back to a irrational boss and uh, college faculty that act like two-year-olds. No, instead, I come home to a, uh, well, irrational pregnant wife and a, uh, well, two-year-old that is pretty much about as well-behaved as college faculty, so. Um. <laughs> Dennis in the chat. Kevin takes two weeks off, doesn't drink. MLR alcohol death pool title goes to P Rock. Well, yeah, I've been I've been hearing some uh, intervention stuff. Oh, oh, the MLR homosexuality pool. Yes, I'm finally off that one. Thank God. Um, then again, after uh, last Friday's brain stew with all the tranny talk, yeah, I don't know. Fr- Fr- Friday nights has a bit of a pull for that one. So let's see, hockey talk. Um. Well, sorry, not sorry about the Blackhawk Scrambler. 
uh, Stanley Cup final starts tomorrow night, I believe, between the Kings and the Rangers. I want to say Rangers in six, but given the Kings' penchant for playing Game Sevens this postseason, I'll say Rangers in seven to you know break the Kings' amazing Game Seven streak. I don't know. After after seeing Jonathan Quick play in that last game, I I don't think he can outplay Lundqvist. Um, I could be surprised. I don't know. I mean, nobody's given the Rangers a chance. So eh, why not pull for them? Uh, but uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll probably be watching here and there if I get a chance. Got too much, too much shit going on now. That's why. That's why I take days off from work so I can just deal with everything else. Um, oh, and see, Scrams is saying sweep for the Kings. So don't know, don't know. It, it, it honestly could go either way. I mean, shit. You know, the um. Uh, the Rangers, I mean, they, they could have easily swept the Habs at first, too. I mean, games three and four, games three and four went to overtime in that series. Um, Montreal won one of them, then New York won game four, I think, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, that could have been a sweep, too. Uh, even Dennis says he doesn't think the Rangers can lose it unless the arena fucking collapses on them and they're stupid fans. Um, yeah, I, I, I much prefer going to games at uh, at the Rock than Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's a pain in the ass to travel into the city anyway. I mean, at least it's right above Penn Station, but still, it's still a pain in the ass. Uh, so I'm saying Rangers in seven. Um, Scrams is saying <laughs> Kings in four. So we'll see what happens. I'm drinking my Weyerbacher Reserva 2014 tonight. Finally cracked that open. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to dip into anything else. I'm kind of I'm kind of moving slow with it tonight. Um, haven't like I said, I haven't really I haven't really been drinking that much. Kind of surprised by that. I, I I'm trying to be responsible with my calories uh, and still getting my running in in the morning and everything. But the problem with not going into work is that there's a lot more opportunity to eat garbage, such as Taco Bell, Five Guys. Uh, pancakes for breakfast and things like that. Of course, you know, I have apples in the house, but why would I eat apples? Even though I love apples. They're delicious. And every time after I have an apple, I'm thinking, I'm glad I had that apple and I'm satisfied now. But I'm stupid and then I'll reach for the pretzels. Um, let's see. Roy Black on Crack is drinking, and I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong. It's a Hasroder, but he says it's nothing fancy. It's got the two little dots above the uh, above the O. I'm trying to remember what those are called. That's not the umlaut. The umlaut is the little wave, like little U, I think. Um, God damn it! Dennis in the chat. Kevin had five guys. Homosexuality title goes right back. Ugh. It's always gay on days ending and why? Son of a bitch. Oh, Scrams actually doesn't think that the Kings are going to sweep. He wants Alan to poke his other eye out in a fit of rage. <laughs> Damn it, I should have picked the Kings then too. That would have been funny. Uh, okay, so I got um, I got a couple growlers this weekend. I actually haven't been buying six packs at all. I'm surprised. The first one I got was from... Oof, this reserve is really tart, so anytime after I take a sip, I have to kind of recompose my mouth. Uh, I got Sea Dog Sunfish. It is a peach wheat beer. Reminds me a lot of those peachy ring gummies, but not as sickly sweet. Um, wait, are you implying that I got gangbanged by five guys, Scrams? Oh, okay, and Roy Black on Crack said that actually is an umlaut above that. Then what the hell am I thinking of? 
See, I'm bouncing from topic to topic here. I'm thinking of like the little like mini U above letters. What the hell is that one then? Because like I know I know the um, like the apostrophe above like E. You know that goes in both directions. You got your accent aigu, accent grave. I guess the umlaut is the two dots. <laughs> Language talk on uh, alcohol by volume here. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know the name of the little little U, which makes me sound uncultured right there. Um. But I got the sea dog, sunfish, so that's that's pretty delicious. Really nice and light, uh, perfect for the weather we've had out here. Uh, it's been, you know, 80s, 85. Uh, oh, boy. I, uh, I said something that Dennis is going to mark. Uh, and then also I got, for free, amazingly, a uh, three-quarter full growler of Kona Cocoa Brown. What had happened was I went into the store to get the Kona, but they said that they were out. I'm like, okay, eh, let me try the sea dog sunfish. Tried it, got it, and, you know, got a growler fill. And they were... Damn it, scrams. I'm, and I'm not saying it again. Ugh. <laughs> Hopefully Dennis will pass out in a vodka coma and uh, forget to do it. Um, oh, uh, diuresis. Okay. That That actually sounds... Yeah, you know what? That actually sounds right. Uh, Roy, that I, it's been a while since I took French, and I remember all those accent marks. But the only two I really remember the accent aigu and accent grave. Uh, but I got I got the uh, growler for free. They they kicked the keg. They were filling my sea dog sunfish, and they said, "Well, you know, this is gonna be about a three quarter full growler. You want it for free?" I'm like, "Okay." Like I'm gonna fucking turn down free beer. But so both the fill and the growler itself were free. So I mean. The growler is like four bucks. The fill, let's say three quarters, would have been like I don't know, maybe eight bucks. So uh, I'm I'm not gonna turn that down. I already killed off that growler. I know I said eh, I'm not drinking that much, but I think I when did I get it Friday maybe. Hmm. I've still been good. Haven't really been drinking much else. Uh, speaking of free beer, I also got. Damn it, I had I had this too. So I mean, I, I guess I'm sounding like I drink a lot. Ha ha ha! I got a um got a bottle of sweet baby jesus gifted to me by a colleague at work last week and uh while i was out uh shopping for my growlers my father-in-law actually finally got his first growler and uh drank half the damn thing in one evening it's worse than i am uh he got widmer hopside down ipl i didn't actually taste any of it i probably should have at the store but uh he really enjoyed it obviously uh considering he drank half of it down right away so i think i've gotten him hooked on the growlers now so like i said tonight i'm drinking my uh weyerbacher reserve of 2014 if i finish this bottle i may have a little bit of sunfish later i still have one growler of banana split left uh, i'm curious if you my loyal listeners uh all two of you i guess have tried that combination yet the young's double chocolate stout and the wells banana bread beer in equal amounts in a glass let me have a sip here. Mouth is getting dry. I also finally had the can of Dogfish Head Hardtack Chowder that I picked up at the Garden State Brewfest. Had that for lunch over the weekend. Actually, a really, really great clam chowder. If you like clam chowder, I think you would find this to be one of the best that you will find in a can. Um, it, it was very close to approaching restaurant quality had a bit of a slight spice kick to it uh, it was prepared with half and half and three ounces of stout they said to either use uh this one damn it 
I think it was like a, a dogfish head pale ale that they were suggesting or any kind of roasty stout. And I used uh, Cadillac Mountain Stout from Bar Harbor Brewing. Everything came together beautifully. It, it's an expensive can of soup. I spent five bucks on it. And when you consider, you know, Campbell's in the store, those are, you know, what, a buck a piece, 50 cents if you get them on sale. Didn't taste like a canned soup. You didn't get that metallic taste to the chowder. Little shout out there for the chat. Uh, it had big meaty clams. 618. Uh, not at all short on flavor. If you see it, and you're a fan of the clam chowder, uh, pick up a can, give it a go. Like I said, pricey for you know getting a bunch of them, but if you want to try it once and you like it, you like the chowder, I highly, highly recommend it. I'd love to try making my own clam chowder in a similar fashion, but I'm a fucking disaster in the kitchen when it comes to stuff like that. I, I was worried I was going to fuck up the soup out of the can. And I don't know, it... I. I was worried I wasn't going to get it to thicken properly, and I worried, was worrying I'd pick the wrong stout, but everything really came together well. And the the Cadillac Mountain Stout was... It, I say it's a very standard stout, and that's not a dig on it at all. It's just that it doesn't try and like go into chocolate, or it doesn't try and go into any other kind of roasty stuff. It just it, it is what it is, very highly rated for what it is, and I figured it wouldn't mess with the flavors of the soup too much and compliment them. And it did at least do that. But, uh, yeah, Dennis says I should have left it at. I'm a fucking disaster. Now, in, in the kitchen, when I try and make stuff, I can follow a recipe like a fucking champ. But when it comes to improvising and being inventive, that's when I can completely fuck up a dish beyond all recognition. I, I have some successes in the kitchen, but my failures, oof, they usually go straight to the trash can. And that pisses me off because I do not like wasting food like that. But sometimes it is just completely inedible. Or or I, my, my wife will not eat it and I don't want to waste the calories on something that just did not come out right. Um, speaking of things that don't come out right, now this is an awful segue. When I was doing show prep, I came across, uh, it was a thread on the Beer Advocate forums. Remind me not to bother with those at all. I mean, I know message forums on the whole are pretty shitty and they have their clicks and all that. But ugh, I know I can be snobby with beers sometimes. You know, I'll, I, I'll still have stuff from Anheuser-Busch. I'll still have stuff from Miller Coors. I just will not do it that frequently. I'll, you know, I'll go to a craft beer before I will go to a crafty beer or to a big beer. But you know, I, I drink the Budweiser Project 12. I'll drink Budweiser Black Label. Miller, I had Miller Fortune, stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not that bad a beer snob. I'm a mild beer snob. But these guys, holy shit. Just a bunch of too cool for the room assholes that, taking it to an amazing elitist level. I was reading a reaction thread to the Shock Top Pretzel Wheat. If you remember that they they premiered it at a festival, I want to say it was like in Maryland or something. And then it was going to be on tap at certain bars around the country. Now Shock Top, obviously big beer owned, not really craft beer. So the instant reaction when somebody just posted and said, oh, I you know, saw that. What, what do you guys think about this? Boom! Oh, and it was 
like, how dare you ask about this? It's garbage because it's big beer. Ah. And that seemed to be the general consensus. It wasn't even people that had tried it and said, eh, wasn't very good. Most of the people that had actually tried it said, you know what? I, I got the pretzel flavor out of it. It wasn't something I drink all the time, but it was okay for what it was. And, you know, the rest of the people were just, ugh, ugh. Okay, yeah, Scrams has a good point there. They're not beer snobs. They're beer douchebags. Yeah, that that is an excellent point, the a difference there between beer snobs and beer douchebags. And, in fact, I, I have a, uh, a wonderful list that I got from, where the hell did I get it from? From hotbox.co, eight things a beer snob might say and what they mean. I'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, going over that list there, those are definitely beer snobby things, not beer douchebaggy things. (laughs) Roy Black on crack. Those guys should get comfortable with their sexuality and drink wine. And these guys, they're so douchebag, douchebag esque, douchebag ish. Uh, douchebaggerito, I don't know, that even some of the more experimental stuff, they were, they were bagging on mint chocolate stouts. They were bagging on even, I'll say, you know, I know Rogue's chocolate peanut butter banana was awful, but at least they tried it. And they were, you know, they were bagging on Rogue for daring to do that. So just a bunch of fucking douchebags over there. And that was just one thread. I, I didn't really decide to go through any other threads after that and Dennis says Kevin drinks pictures of butt at bowling alleys frankly I don't know whether I trust his opinion anymore that was almost a year ago I'm not having a repeat of that I've only had one blackout incident since then and that was with flavored vodka which I am also not touching again well eh. bacon vodka counts as flavored though doesn't it god damn it I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going with the fruity flavored vodkas. Bacon is a you know, bacon vodka is a nice savory flavored vodka. So I think I think that's acceptable. And fuck, it's bacon. It's delicious. You can't go wrong with that. Um. So yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not dealing with beer advocate forums. I. I. I don't even think I have an account on there. Um. Reddit actually seems a lot more reasonable, and that's saying something considering how. Mm, how the Reddit community can pretty much be like maybe one step up from 4chan. Um, this was a really quickie item that I saw on there right before the show, actually. Uh, somebody posted it. It was maybe a couple hours ago. That uh, Germany, they're doing some beer-flavored chocolates there. They're uh, German chocolate and candy maker Holleren co- cooperated with the, and I'm going to fuck up this name, Kostritzer Brewery, part of the Bitburger Group, to create the first chocolates containing beer. The chocolates have a dark beer and marzipan filling and are coated with dark chocolate. Uh, Let me post an image of this in the chat here so you can kind of see. It's not a big image, but you'll see the box here. That is something I might like to try and get my hands on if I have any uh, listeners in Germany. I'd love, love, love to get a box of these. And uh, I, I may even just kind of dip into the Snack Exchange subreddit on Reddit and see if there's uh, anybody in Germany that can send me over a box, and then I'll send them over some—I don't know—maybe some some uh, some Uts chips, some uh, saltwater taffy. Uh, I don't know. You know, all, all the wonderful wonderful treats from Jersey. I'd serve. I'd send some pork roll, but I don't think that would keep very well. Um, 
Okay, is that a tranny butt monkey? I'm I'm just I'm being suspicious because lately whenever a picture of a hot girl gets posted in the chat and if nobody knows where the chat is, you should I already told you more like radio.com/live. Uh anytime a picture of a hot girl gets posted in the chat recently, she turns out to have a dick down below. So uh call me a little skeptical here. Uh let me close out those two windows. Um a uh, bit, a bit of big news from uh, the past weekend. It was, it was late last week into the weekend. Uh, a big death from um, the craft brewing community. Rogue Brewing founder and Oregon Brewing pioneer Jack Joyce dead at seventy-one. From OregonLive.com, his son Brett Joyce sent out this remembrance. No word yet on memorial gatherings, but we'd all do well to raise a pint to one of the founders of Oregon's craft beer community. So this was the release that his son uh, sent out. Yesterday, the Rogue Nation and family lost our co-founder, leader, friend, and father as Jack Joyce passed away at the age of 71. Following careers, both a small-town attorney and Nike executive, it's kind of a strange career path, uh, Jack and some friends founded Rogue in 1989, or 1988 in Ashland, Oregon, and that's Oregon, not Oregon, whoever is saying Oregon, Oregon. From the outset, Jack set Rogue on a path of innovation, creativity, and rebellion. Rogue made hoppy, flavorful beers and was told that no one would drink them. Rogue made a wide range of beers and was told no one wanted variety. Rogue sold 22-ounce bottles of beer and was told no one would pay a premium for a single-served beer. Rogue opened multiple pubs and breweries and was told that it would be wise to follow a more efficient and logical business plan. Rogue took the road less or perhaps never traveled. Rogue was the first U.S. craft brewer to send beer to Japan. Rogue won a thousand awards for uh, product and packaging excellence. Rogue worried about getting better, not bigger. Rogue began distilling. Rogue began farming. And speaking of distilling, I, I have seen some of their um, distilled stuff in stores. I've always wanted to try that, but don't want to buy a huge bottle of it. Uh, Rogue remained dedicated to its small town roots and made sure to get back to its local communities. Rogue started a nation. This was all vintage Jack. He was the true Rogue, and he will be missed by us all. So... Jack Joyce, gone at age 71. little picture of him in the chat. Um, oh, and yeah, Butt Monkey says pipe included. Um, let's see. Roy Black on Crack says he only goes to German supermarkets. If I find it, I'll buy it. So-called special drink stores just have loads of crates of beers and not really specialty beers. Ah, that's kind of a shame. Um, okay. Last week, I had some Minnesota news um, relevant to Brent and Mitch. Well, this week, it's going to be Chicago. So this is uh, relevant to scrams. Uh, This is from chicagoreader.com. New proposed state distribution rules would choke the growth of Chicago's biggest craft breweries. Now, I, I read this article at least half a dozen times. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what is going on here. It, it, the back and forth with it was really, really confusing me. What it started with was Josh Death, the founder of Revolution Brewing, brought issues in um, some new rules to light on Facebook. Um, he said, The Illinois Liquor Control Commission staff issues rules that completely screws over Revolution and two brothers, Destil, Haymarket, and more. So who wants to buy either a brewery or a brew pub? Happy Chicago Craft Beer Week. He posted a link, and the link went to a PDF of new rules proposed on May 14th by the Illinois Liquor Control Commission. Now, there's one bullet point that 
seemed to jump out. And it was, let's see, section 100.440 of the proposed Illinois Liquor Control Commission rules, which governs brew pubs. So, specific thing dealing with brew pubs here. A brew pub license holder shall not, one, annually sell more than 50,000 gallons of its manufactured beer to licensed distributors for off-premises consumption. Okay, so selling to distributors can't do more than 50,000 gallons. Okay, to distributors. They specifically mentioned distributors there. Now, the Illinois Liquor Control Commission rules, they're not laws, but rather guidelines for how to enact existing laws. Or that's that's how I read this article here. Again, it was it was written it was written well, and it looked like the writer of the article was kind of having the same problem really summing up what was going on with this. But then section 5-1N of the Liquor Control Act says, now this is the actual law. A brew pub license shall allow the licensee to manufacture beer only on the premises specified in the license to make sales of the beer manufactured on the premises to importing distributors. Okay, so you can make the beer on the premises. You can sell the beer to distributors. Um, Let's see, to importing distributors, distributors, and to non-licensees, which are consumers, for use and consumption. Okay. To store the beer upon the premises. Fine. And to sell an offer for sale at retail from the licensed premises, provided that a brew pub licensee shall not sell for off-premises consumption more than 50,000 gallons per year. Now, the problem is that 50,000 gallons number. Um, because the, let's see, the Illinois Liquor Control Commission rules, they said 50,000 gallons, licensed distributors. The actual Liquor Control Act says just 50,000 gallons, no licensed distributors part. So what I was getting from that is that by interpretation of the law, and I'm, I'm popping back and forth from the article to the chat. Um, yeah, see, Scrambler says, what about selling directly at liquor stores or distributing local from the brewer, locally from the brewery? That's that's where this second part comes in from the actual Liquor Control Act. That's that's what confuses me. Um, people, from what I gathered from the article, they're they're taking this to mean that there's also now a fifty thousand gallon limit of beer to go. So basically, beer sold to consumers that's only seventeen hundred barrels, which is less than four percent of Revolution Brewing's uh, projected output for twenty fourteen. So that's that's the weird thing. I mean, yeah, and, and Scram says, uh, you know, um, how is this an issue? We don't have a big brew in Illinois. Old Styles in Milwaukee, Anheuser Busch is in St. Louis, and it, it it is it is weird that a law like this would pop up in Illinois. There, there, there's no. It it makes me think that they weren't paying attention to the words they were using and the wording they were using when they were outlining these rules. So. I it seems to me that the Illinois Liquor Control Commission inadvertently or maybe on purpose I don't know um, used its power to interpret the rules to actually change the rules slash laws. Now I'm not a lawyer, so mileage may vary. So I could be completely misreading the article. Um, I can post it in the uh, MLR Facebook page or Facebook group at some point, and maybe some of you guys can go over it, and you might have a little bit more lawyerly skill than I do. But it seems like the inconsistency between the ILCC rules and the Liquor Control Act is the sticking point. 
and it's a worry about limiting expansion of existing brew pubs and breweries in the states or in the state now like scram said there's no big brew in illinois so i mean you would think if there was okay they want to stop the craft breweries from expanding and everything uh it 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 seems like incompetence by the Illinois Liquor Control Commission to me that they they just fucked up. So I'm keeping an eye on this, seeing exactly what the hell's going on with it. If anybody else can shed a little more light on the details of it, let me know. If I'm completely fucking it up, you're welcome to call in, uh, Skype alcohol by volume or the phone number eight six two three four five seven one two five. Um, let's get to let's get to more uh more lighthearted, wonderful news. Um. This is uh, coming out of New York City. Oh, wow. Something good coming out of New York, apart from the Rangers? Hmm. Dwayne Reed is now selling growlers of craft beer. Now, if you are not familiar with what Dwayne Reed is, it's basically a pharmacy slash convenience store, kind of like CVS, Rite Aid, stuff like that. This one recently opened at Broadway and West 72nd Street. They are calling the growler fill Brew York City. I know, a eh, little douchey, but the growlers look okay. Um, post the image of them in the chat there. These are the growlers they're using. Uh, they have offerings, including selections from nationally renowned breweries like, uh, let's see, Founders, uh, Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale, uh, Brooklyn Brewery, uh, Main Engine Start, and... Um, Let's see. Other offerings, they include beers from Six Point, Ithaca, Blue Point, Fire Island Beer. And this is the awesome part of it. Now, obviously, you, you can't get a growler and then you know just start walking through the city and drinking it. That's, that's a bit of a no-no. Um, oh, okay, Dennis. Dennis got the, the good one there. Brew York City, more like Boo York City. I can't do crickets. Sorry. I need a cricket sound effect. Yeah, I know. I can't believe you beat everyone with that too, Dennis. I don't know. Maybe they're not really listening to me anymore. But um, a 64-ounce glass growler. Now, they don't say how much the actual growler itself is, but I don't... Eh, then against New York, they may charge you an arm and leg for that too. But the actual fill is $7.99. A hell of a lot cheaper than buying a beer in a bar in New York City. Again, you can't go and drink it on the street, and I'd say you could only maybe drink it on a train or something if you are, you know, particularly sneaky about it. I mean, it is a big 64-ounce glass jug, but might be good for the hobos, you know. I think that would work out pretty well. Um, so maybe next time I'm in New York, which, well, actually, no, I probably wouldn't be able to do it the next time I'm in New York because that will be for the uh, New York Craft Beer Fest uh, going into the city with Dennis. Uh, I doubt we'll, we would get a chance to uh, hit Broadway in West 72nd, but who knows? Perhaps. Uh, but perhaps the time after that. I don't know. I got all summer to do it. So, might check that out simply for uh, for the show. Do it for the show. Uh, another late one I picked up here, even though it's uh, dated a few days ago, but, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't catch all the articles. So, um... This is, again, from Minnesota. Kind of like, um, let's see. Would you pay $1,000 once up front to get free beer for life? It's kind of a locally-based Kickstarter out of Minneapolis. Um, let's see. From Northbound Smokehouse and Brew Pub. Um, 
Let's see, for a few dozen people, free beer for life is their reward for investing in a small restaurant called Northbound Smokehouse and Brew Pub in a quiet southern corner of Minneapolis. So, let's see. The owner, Amy Johnson, and her two business partners needed to raise 220000 to secure a bank loan and fulfill their dream of opening a restaurant that served beer brewed right there at the pub. They went to investors who offered to give heavily for a voting share in the restaurant, but since the potential investors excuse me, had no experience in the restaurant industry, the owners backed away. So it really, really, this is kind of, it's, it's a local local Kickstarter. People who invested $1,000 receive free in-house beer for the rest of their lives or as long as the place stays open. I mean, you know, and just like any Kickstarter, there's risk to it. People could also receive 0.1% non-voting equity in the company for every $1,000 invested or for $5,000, you get 0.5% equity and free in-house beer for life. Uh, the Brew Pub, now a registered LLC, hit its goal of 220000 through the 46 people who chose the first option, uh, 42 who picked the second, and 30 who took the third, all finding out about the opportunity by word of mouth. Um, wait, third? 1,000? Oh, okay. So I guess 1,000, multiple thousands, and then 5,000. Okay. I guess that makes sense. So they've been open for two years and thriving uh investors didn't drink them dry um oh so this is not newly 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 opened but i guess they're publicizing this now um open for two years and is thriving investors didn't drink them dry the restaurant's giving away some 17 beers a day and the cost is low at just 40 cents a beer now i'm curious if they're limited to what kind of beers they get there was probably a whole contractual thing written up uh, plus, investors aren't just going to the brew pub for a beer by themselves. They order food, bring people, or maybe order a scotch after dinner. For the investors, it's also about the sense of ownership. As Johnson explains, we have an army of over 100 people who are our cheerleaders. Now, if, if I had donated to a bar like that and I was getting free beer for life, you better believe I'd I'd go there to eat, but I'd have a beer with every meal, too. I mean, I, I rarely have beer when I go out to eat now, but if I was getting it free, shit, why not? Um uh, Wait, Amy Joe Johnson? Ha ha ha, very funny, Pink Power Ranger. Uh, Scram's House, uh, right there. And Major Craft Breweries by... Jesus Christ, dude! So not fair. Most of the ones we got in Jersey here in South Jersey, fucking blows. And, yeah, for for 100000 you own the company, right? You would... I would think so. If, if one if one investor had thrown 100000 at them, probably. Um... Let's see if there's anything else of interest in... Oh, okay. Um, and I guess they are also kind of connected to a... Yeah, it's a coffee shop as well. Northbound Smokehouse and Brew Pub. Uh, do, 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 do. I know I saw something that mentioned here. And why am I missing it? I gotta read a little bit better. Um, oh, okay. Um, different... different uh, different business not the same business it's a model that uh was used in neighboring saint paul by a struggling coffee shop looking for a fresh start they were called groundswell um let's see they are doing good now 75 people gave a thousand dollars to them on a gamble the coffee shop decided to use the northbound model which it saw working for the brew pub but with its own spin instead of unlimited beer for life and equity um they offered investors a thousand um thousand dollars one beer glass of wine or cup of coffee per day for the rest of their lives for five hundred dollars the deal lasted for two years for 250 the deal lasted a year so 
Interesting. Interesting. Uh, let's see if there's anything else here. Like northbound, uh, they thrive because of the neighborhood. Yeah, so I mean, this something like this obviously is not going to work everywhere. I mean, for instance, you see um, all the Kickstarters for you know startup craft breweries. Most of those are not going to really do anything. It, it's it's a shame, but you know, not everybody is going to be a success. The fact is, northbound and groundswell, they they already probably had good locations for themselves. They just they needed that uh, they needed those financials to get themselves the foothold and. You get word of mouth off that and everything. I mean, if if you did this, you know, in downtown Detroit, well, not downtown Detroit. Downtown Detroit is actually okay. Let's say you did it just in Detroit proper. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna have a whole lot of success with that. You'll probably just get burned down. Um. Yeah. See, <laughs> Dennis even says road trip to visit Scrams. Yeah, bully me. I totally want to go to Chicago. So much delicious, delicious beer out there. Um, okay, um, I know this was a few weeks ago, I mentioned James the Beast, Nielsen, who calls him, he probably just calls himself the Beast, he had set a record in the beer mile, he broke the five minute mark of the beer mile, I believe it was at 457, but now, some are questioning whether he followed the rules, oh, 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 uh, and they want to try and invalidate his record. So last month, he uh, honored the 60th anniversary of the first sub-four-minute mile run by shattering another hallowed record long thought unbreakable, the five-minute beer mile. If you're not familiar with the beer mile, this article explains. Since its origin on college campuses in the late 80s... Oh, really? Something that uh, has to do with beer originating on a college campus. What a surprise. The beer mile has grown into an underground phenomenon. Thousands of people, including some professional athletes, have sought to be the fastest in the world at chugging a 12-ounce beer, running one lap, then repeating the uncomfortable belch-heavy process three more times. Adherents call it the most glorified of the digestive athletics, a realm that includes competitive eating contests, but has remained mostly in the shadows. Um... Mr. Nielsen's record-setting 457 run catapulted the obscure sport onto a larger stage with more than 1 million views of a YouTube video of his feat. The first world championship is now being planned for this year. But sudden fame has come with a price. Of course, there's always some fucking conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on. Come on. Um... Questions about the record-setting race are being raised by beer milers who have examined his video like assassination theorists pouring over the Zabruder film. In online forums, some accuse Mr. Nielsen of gaining an unfair advantage by somehow defizzing the four cans of Budweiser he drank. Others question why he didn't flip the first can upside down over his head to prove that he had completely drained its contents as custom demands. Okay, custom may demand it, but it's not a rule. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I was going to give this guy a nerdy voice, but he's actually defending him. He didn't demonstrate that he finished the first beer, said John Markell, a 40-year-old investment banker and one of the sport's founders. But the reality is he's a super nerd. I know he did everything by the book. He's not faking it. Uh, beer milers are a rule-loving, if not strictly open container law adhering. Uh-huh, bunch. The sports rules and records are documented on a website, beermile.com, including one rule stating that competitors who vomit must complete an extra lap. See, I'd be fucked. 
Uh, volunteers vet documentary proof submitted by thousands of beer milers before posting their times on the site. Mr. Nielsen says he read over the rules at least 100 times because you don't do one thing and you upset people. He's quick to point out that the can over the head maneuver is, quote, strongly recommended, but not, in fact, one of the sport's 10 official rules. And while he says he did consult with experts on the, quote, chemistry composition of beer and carbon dioxide displacement within the can, he dismisses conspiracy theorists thusly. Yes, I got on a plane to St. Louis, broke into the Budweiser factory, altered the beers before they were sent out, and then I put a GPS tracking device on the four beers that I tampered with to track them. Some people still aren't happy, so they're going to settle it once and for all in the first world championship this year. Uh, it's going to be a showdown between Nielsen and previous world record holders, Canadian Jim Finlayson, who did 509 in 2007, and Australian Josh Harris, who did 502 in 2012. Uh, let's see, Finlayson, he's coming up on age 42, and he's worried that he does not have the wheels for it. Um, let's see if there's anything else. Um Beer milers say they don't endorse binge drinking and in general see the feet as a physical test rather than a frat party stunt. And yeah, I, I, I think that counts as a physical, physical uh, challenge there. Very double dare-esque. Uh, Beermile.com keeps track of several non-alcoholic races as well, such as the Soda Pop Mile, uh, the Rubik's Cube Mile. What, do you have to solve a Rubik's Cube every mile or every quarter mile? Uh, the Ben and Jerry's 4x4. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, Marianne, uh, you might like this one. The Ben & Jerry's 4x4, in which competitors must down four pints of ice cream while covering four miles. Yum. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Four fucking pints? The record for the 4x4, and this is four miles, set in Connecticut in 1997, is 66.55. Oh. Okay, one pint of ice cream will kill me. Then add running into that, running four miles, but four pints of ice cream and four miles. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd puke pretty hardcore. Um, let's see. Uh, beer mile isn't doctor recommended. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, da, da, da. Beer mile brings with it a high risk of nausea. Well, okay, fine. Running itself brings a high risk of nausea. If I push myself too hard, I'm ready to puke. Uh, for beer-swigging runners, it's this very risk that gives the sport credibility. The four-pint chunder mile, popular in England, is generally frowned upon by North American purists because there's no penalty for vomiting. Well, that makes it fun, because then the other runners could trip on the vomit or whatever. Um, I've met lots of good chuggers, and i met lots of good runners. The ability to keep it down is the real key. I don't know. It, I'd, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to try and do a beer mile one of these days, but I don't know. I I, I know I, I I think I could handle. The, I, I know I could handle the running aspect of it. It'd be it'd be dealing with the uh, the gas churning from from the beer. Last line in the article. Um, who is Mr. Rose? Uh, I don't know who in the article said this, but if you want to get all the volume of the burp out in one burp. Um, oh yeah, okay, I'm sorry. You want to get all the volume of the burp out in one burp, adding that if you don't get it out early on, you're going to yak. That makes sense. Yeah, get that burp out early, otherwise... If, wait, lots of good what? Lots of... Lots of good... Let me go back to the article. Lots of good... Uh, <laughs> chuggers, Dennis. Chuggers. That didn't sound anything like the other words. <laughs> 
Yeah, and Scrams actually is right. Four miles in 66 minutes is flat-out walking. I, I can do four miles in... If, if I'm not even really pushing myself, I mean, four miles... Four miles in 40 minutes is bad for me. Four miles in 66 minutes, they're, they're really... They're really working that ice cream down. Well, then again, how long does it how long does it take you to eat a pint of ice cream? I mean, if I'm just sitting there on the couch, it's probably taking me a good half hour. So, you know, add, add in let, let's say let, let's be let's be generous with them. Let's let's give them thirty minutes for four miles. It's not uh, would it take you another thirty minutes to eat four pints of ice cream? I don't know. Who wants who wants to eat four pints of ice cream in a row and just let me know uh, how long it uh, how long it takes you to eat them? I'll wait. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Um. Da, 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 da. Oh, more controversy! Controversy all over the place today. Following Brewmeister's Armageddon, the alleged world's strongest beer. I know I mentioned this some time back. I think it was before they had even brewed it. Uh, Brewmeister did one before that they had claimed was the world's strongest beer, at least at the time. And independent tests found it to be nothing of the sort. And uh, this one, well, pretty much same thing found. I got this from the beer cast. Uh, almost exactly a month ago, the co-founder and MD, uh, MD, I don't know, of Brewmeister, Louis Shand, admitted to me in front of witnesses that their beer Armageddon was not 65% ABV as claimed. Uh, commenting on the post I wrote following that conversation, he accused me of writing lies, yet now it seems they were actually nothing of the sort. So they did, um, let's see, there were, uh, let's see, Louis Shand, he said that they had analysis of it, that they had been pressured into commissioning. So this is what they found. The results are back. Uh, it turned out as follows. The first four batches were at the correct ABV. Within 1% is allowed, so they were all between 64 and 66%. We did not have any bottles from the next batch, but two consecutive batches after this were not the desired ABV. They were nearer the pre-freezing strength. The lowest one was at 15.25%. You advertise a beer at 65%, and it comes out at 15.25%. Uh, the BeerCast article it goes to say, this is even lower than the results of another independent test I've recently seen the results of, commissioned by a friend within the beer industry, analyzed in an HMRC-trusted laboratory attached to a brewery with experience, experience of spirit distillation. Uh, the results of alcohol by volume testing for Armageddon came back last week at 22.86% ABV. Um, then unofficial test performed last year gave the result as 159 Earlier test performed in Sweden placed the beer under 25%. I, I think the first four batches result that Brewmeister tested, those are probably the exception. Those are the aberration. No, there is no way this beer is consistently 65% ABV. It's not the world's strongest beer. They may have brewed some batches that were, but the rest of them are all, for the most part, under 25%. So... Uh, Let's see. Do, 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 do. What else did they say about these about these beers? Uh, Sixty-two word paragraph that Lewis wrote. Uh, questions. Um, firstly, if it is only just now that they've had the first four patches analyzed, how on earth could they have gotten them all within two percent ABV with no way of measuring it? It beggars belief. 
All of the publicity received in late 2012 was arrived at without the strength of Armageddon ever having been ascertained. It certainly doesn't appear to have been verified independently by the World Record Academy, who does not appear to be the same body as the Guinness World Records Agency. Uh, this is astonishing, particularly when viewed in a legal context. Section 12.5 of the HMRC Beer Duty Regulation states, You must continuously monitor and record your ABV results. The results of the independent analyses must be held in your business records. So they obviously did not do that, or if they did, they fudged the numbers. Uh, the Brewmeister blog post also says um, they managed, managed to get the hugely difficult process uh, procedure of freeze distillation right straight off the bat four times in a row, and then something happened with the two most recent batches. Yeah. Uh, not likely. The process continually removes any formed ice, concentrating the solution by retaining alcohol, which doesn't freeze at the temperature, so goodness only knows what they were removing instead. Surely you would notice the remaining liquid was, liquid was not darkening or thickening, particularly if you successfully done it before. Well, Lewis went on in the, lo in the blog post, We do not know where the mistake happened or how, but we know when they happened, so we're in the process of contacting customers we believe may have had this batch to offer snake venom as a replacement. I'd like to apologize deeply to anyone who got one of these bottles, and you should expect to hear from me via email if you purchase direct. I really, truly am sorry. At the time, we were just three naive guys in a barn with some stainless steel pots and a lot of ambition. Now we're a bit bigger, and dare I say it, more professional. I want to put things right. Okay, good that he's, you know, wanting to put things right. But, uh, snake venom, that, that's, that's a pale substitute of something that's supposed to be 65%. Um, yeah, apparently not entitled to refunds, uh, no batch details on the bottles, so it's impossible for Brewmeister customers to know which batches were which, whether you got one that was allegedly the 65% one or actually 15% without opening it and tasting it. I mean, tasting it, you'd, you'd know right away. Um, yeah, all, they even said, although the moment of tasting removed all doubt on that front. Um, let's see, the Swedish Toast, blah, 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 performed in 2013. Ah, see, now this is interesting. Uh, one fact that looks to Torpedo Lewis's claims to producing the first four batches to strength is the Swedish test, which came back at 25% ABV. According to Johan Lennard's blog post on Porterstaken, it looks to have been performed in January 2013. Although it's in Swedish, the post was published on the 3rd of February, a mere three months after the beer was first released. So presumably, this must have been the fifth batch of Armageddon that went to Sweden, if the first four were definitely between 64 and 66% ABV. Either that or something happened to knock two-thirds of the ABV off on the crossing of the North Sea. Uh, yeah, and supposedly... Let's see, Snake Venom... Is, okay, yeah, Snake Venom is the current high ABV beer they're focusing on. I'm sorry, I thought it was a previous beer that they had done. And they're trying to go for 67.5 with that. <sighs> I mean, uh, you've already failed with Armageddon, and you're trying to get it even higher. And the thing is, they're actually going to be cheating with this, too. They're saying, Snake Venom is the current high ABV beer we're focusing on. We're changing the hops we use to give it more of a grapefruit taste. If we get the ABV of this checked randomly now, and the equipment we use is far better... Uh, if it falls short or too high, we can correct this. Now, this is the important part. We can correct this with pure alcohol or normal ABV beer, or as we call it, raw snake venom, which is pre-frozen snake venom. 
If we correct the ABV, we have to add alcohol as an ingredient. We're also aging some in whiskey casks now and plan to sell some at some point down the line. So anytime the freeze distillation fails, they'll just you know top up the difference with ethanol to make it up to 67.5. And for, for anybody that's, you know, kind of knowledgeable with the beer making process, anytime raw alcohol touches that conditioning tank, the stuff inside is no longer classified technically as beer. So they do that. Snake Venom cannot be, quote, the world's strongest beer. It's not. It's been what they call grogged. It's not a beer anymore. Um, and it, it, it's lazy. If you're not doing it properly, don't fucking do it at all. This Brewmeister group, this is this is one group that... I see people online get pissed off about, and rightly so, with this because they're just they're trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. It's you know it's admirable what they're trying to do, I guess. But if you can't do it right, just don't fucking do it. Uh, and you know I did see that Scrams. Um, I didn't listen to it though, so you know what? Let me um let me bring that up. I I saw that on on Reddit earlier today and hadn't played it. This is Billy Jean played on beer bottles. I'll uh play this before going to break today so let me make sure i got my levels up uh oh here we go we play on the head racks we play on the bass drum of destruction now let's introduce you to something brand new the double bottle oh two bottles nice okay Are these guys all Swedish? They look very Swedish. And if you're not in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. The link has been posted in there. These guys are really damn good. <laughs> and and, and they, they they built themselves carriers to hold these beers because it looks like is it actually no it looks like it looks like it's an eleven pack basically five in the front and six in the back. And uh, let's see, three of the guys got those, and then the other two have smaller packs. That is, that is real. Okay, they're, they're Flemish, Belgian, uh, white, black, on crack. Illustrated that to me in the chat there. Thank you, sir. I, don't know. I, knew, I knew they were European. I knew that much. I knew they were somewhere you know, around that part of the world. Very well done. And actually, if you wanna, if you wanna find this too, if you're not, uh, if you're listening on podcast, you wanna look it up later. Uh, look up Billy Jean played on beer bottles on uh, thechive.com. You'll find it there. Very, very, very well done with that. That was very cool. I, I appreciated that. Um, so I suppose with that. Um, <laughs> Dennis says he will not be able to get the fucking song out of his head all night now. You know what? I, I'm i happy to have that in my head versus every fucking thing else I've had in my head. 
it is either music from my goddamn kids' TV shows, either fucking Bubble Guppies or Doc McStuffins, usually Doc McStuffins, or, this is less annoying, uh, songs from Pitch Perfect, and everybody on MLR loves Pitch Perfect. We, we, we all, I know we all can't wait until Pitch Perfect 2 comes out next July. Um, yeah, July 2015, gotta wait a while, but it will be amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. With that, uh, Dennis, keep that song in your head, and, oh God, Roy Black on Crack knows Bubble Guppies. Oh no. Yep. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I I'm sorry. Dennis doesn't like Pitch Perfect because he's a curmudgeon and doesn't like anything. Oof. Sir. Oof. Okay, yes, he scrams listens to the Pitch Perfect soundtrack when he's driving sometimes. Hell yeah. I I've watched that movie like four times in the past week, and I don't know why. My wife puts it on, and I'm trying to do work, and I just sit there and suddenly find myself watching it. Uh, I, I don't know. There's so something about it. It's not even that I necessarily enjoy the songs that they're performing. I just, I, I like them singing it. Don't know. It's a great movie. Uh, oh, Scram says Anna Kendrick is too hot for Dennis. What? Oh, come on, dude. Oh, yeah, okay. Dennis doesn't like Anna Kendrick. That's what it is. I cannot abide by that. So with that, I, I'm heading to break. Alcohol by Cheers. volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey, hey. Oh, it's the name down. of the show. Hey, more like radio, less like crap. Want more alcohol by volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this fit. Are you unappealing? I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Talk Radio Meltdown. I literally think I got an Instagram. I think I posted one, possibly two photos, and I haven't touched the same. Both of beer. No, actually, uh, one of them was of... Uh, His I know balls. My... <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> Talk Radio Meltdown every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Hey, smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Hey, you feel classy on Monday nights? Welcome to the slip party. Yes! Well, uh, okay, maybe not. Listen to Marianne. Oh my god, I would take the shits over throwing up anytime. Uh, and Kitty. Yeah, and you know what I like doing is sucking the cream out. Wait, what the hell is this show about? That's a bad vagina. And I'm supposed to listen to this train wreck. Why? Their show is so funny. Oh, my God. Well, uh, if you say so, Kitty. So uh, when am I supposed to tune in? How about like a Monday night at 9? Okay, sounds good. Anything else I should know? Better out through the mouth than the butt, right? I think I'd rather have it out through the butt. Pay me enough to do this goddamn shit. Daytime TV. 
Sessions, Monday, 9 to 11 Eastern, only on More Like Radio. Penis, 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 penis. Penis. Hey, are you absolute garbage? Let me guess, an alcoholic, a drug addict. When was the last time you were even out of your house? Well, why don't you join us for the Red Show? We're all about personal betterment and self-esteem. I want to do, uh, you know, maybe like um, City Meets the Swamp, something, something. I hope it ends up with the fucking city getting eaten by a goddamn alligator. Ambassadors of peace at any income level. That's what we do here. We're all about olive branches. <laughs> no, you're a fucking white trash asshole. You're about olive fucking garden, okay? <laughs> <laughs> One thing we don't forget is how important our fans are. Is there anything more you want to say about any of these uh, cocksuckers that are listening? No, I don't think so. Okay. And we recognize the struggles and hardships of our friends. We don't give a fuck. I hope you <laughs> relapsed. Burn in hell, bull. Oh my god. What are you I meant doing? I love you, bro. Get better. So come join us live Wednesday nights and experience functional substance abuse on The Red Show. Only on More Like Radio. You're doing some things with Enya, correct? I, I hope you end your life. Now get, off <laughs> now get off the microphone while I talk to my pal. Mr. Turtle, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three. Three. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? The world may never know. I said three, motherfucker. The Shy Kids podcast. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific at morelikeradio.com. We are the Shy Kids. See right there. It's done. You know the way at the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where are you going for here? We'll name check every country on the show. That way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah. Well. Birdie, birdie. <laughs> <laughs> and to the Italians. Papa da poopy. Papa da poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans. The Amen. <laughs> uh, Spain. <laughs> uh, Singapore. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Australians. Cockerel Doom Dog. No. You big loop, are you? <laughs> no, that sounds That's like terrible. Limerick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slide off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Ollie, Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? <laughs> Wait a minute, Holly. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. Hold on a second. What, you, what are you doing in my yard? I'm getting too old for this shit. Oh my God, it's Danny Glover. <laughs> Danny Glover. I just want to say that this snowstorm 
Hey guys, it's Hals from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. If you're ready for pro wrestling like it's never been seen before, pro wrestling meant for an adult audience, and pro wrestling where nobody says brother or tells you you can't see them, check out Combat Zone Wrestling, the most innovative, high-flying, hard-hitting, ultra-violent promotion on the planet today. Combat Zone Wrestling. Visit us at www.czwrestling.com. The Cousin Joe Show. Now, I know what a crack vial is because there was one time I went to go score coke and this guy in Patterson asked for coke and he goes, all right. And like usual, they got it all set up great. They got fucking, <laughs> they got all their, they're like fucking 14-year-old kids on bicycles riding around the corner to flag the dealer if the cops are around, like just as lookouts while I'm parked and the guy goes in the apartment or whatever and gets the shit, comes out with these vials of, it looks like salt. And I'm like, what is this? He goes, it's coke. And the way he looked at me and said it, I'm like, I'm not arguing with this guy. I'm not. I'm just going to pay, take it. And I tried stiffing crack. I didn't realize until like, two minutes later, I'm like, why is my nose getting clogged with shit? I'm like, oh, wait, this isn't coke. This is, these are crack rocks. But they were, <laughs> they were, they look like, like sea salt. They're like fucking. <laughs> so you just, you got overcharged. I remember I went to go right. get a haircut right after that. And I was looking in the barber shop. I did no, everything no. I called hey, back then. It was crack. It was just part of my day. What are you talking about? Out. I remember looking in the mirror going like, shit, because they started to fall out of my nose. Tune in to the Cousin Joe Show live Thursday night, 7 to 10 on More Like Radio. A tub of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. MoreLikeRadio.com Other internet radio stations are gay. Hey man, I just dropped my mom off at LAX. What's up? Not much. Oh, by the way, I heard back from the clinic. My mom's clean as a whistle. Oh yeah, I figured. Turns out someone's got a little prostitute problem and he likes doing them on the pillows <laughs> on my bed. <laughs> Shut up, Dad! You gave me pink eye! <laughs> I'm sorry! <laughs> well, say hi to your dad's filthy dick for me, okay? And welcome to our number two of Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. If you want to listen live, go to morelikeradio.com and click on the live tab. You can join the live chat. If you want to Skype in, Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or the phone number 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Had one more... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dennis is going to fucking jerk it right now because of all the pictures getting posted in the chat. One more little story before I get into, uh, I guess, some larger scale stories. These are, I always start with kind of the snippets and stuff. I didn't even know about this particular business venture that was going on. But Taco Bell, they are soon to open an upscale spinoff restaurant with a fucking awful name. U.S. Taco Company and Urban Tap Room. Now, I can see that looking good on a sign, 
you know, especially if you do it right. But it's it's too fucking wordy. Well, the reason I bring this up is that apparently the uh, first location is not actually going to have a tap room. Yeah. Calling it UF's Taco Company an urban tap room, and it's not going to have a fucking tap room. It's going to be in Huntington Beach, California. Well, due to a snag securing a liquor license in a city already evaluating stricter alcohol rules, the Taco Bell's take on a fast, casual restaurant will instead serve soft drinks, such as glass bottle Mexican Pepsi and Old Brooklyn Soda for its July opening. So they've they've had to they've had to go with um, sodas, and now they were originally going to have taco beer pairings. Uh, such as lobster tacos along with blueberry beer from Maine. It's going to be replaced with taco soda pairings. <sighs> they were going to have milkshakes spiked with Guinness and tequila, and now those milkshakes are going to be offered virgin, or also known as milkshakes. Nothing special about them. Um, anyone curious about beer milkshakes with cinnamon toast crunch in a tequila caramel sauce blended in must patiently wait or get someone at Taco Bell's headquarters to whip up a prototype. That sounds delicious, too. So now these U.S. taco locations are going to be thought of in two different variations. They're going to have one with a bar, one without. So they're going to have to remarket these. And obviously marketing wasn't really going on with this anyway, because I had no idea about this fucking thing. Um, So let's see. uh, Taco Bell is now exploring locations in Southern California for a second restaurant, which they hope will serve 50 beers, of which four to six will be on tap. That's four to six, not 46. And can rightfully earn the urban tap room part of the concept's name. Even without the booze milkshakes, Huntington felt the right place to be. Uh, Yeah, going the bond between surfing and tacos. I can understand that. Uh, So, uh, yeah, no no Taco Bell uh, owned... Uh, Guinness milkshakes, sadly. Um, yeah, Mar- Marianne does have a point there. It has fail written all over it. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. If 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 I want, if I want, you know, quote upscale Mexican. I, well, you know what I do? I go to a Mexican restaurant, and if I just want, you know, tacos, I go to Taco Bell. You know, if I want a good burrito, I go to this one burrito shop in Morristown, Tito's Burritos. A little shout out to them. Fucking fantastic burritos there if you're ever there. Um, they have a few other locations too in Jersey. G- get the bird, uh, chicken burrito, uh, get it blackened, and it's fucking delicious. Comes in a, comes in a tortilla with, uh, let's see, yellow rice, uh, guac, sour cream, black beans. Fucking delicious. Just, I mean, just a goddamn good burrito. Um, but... I don't understand these upscale spinoff restaurants. Taco Bell's doing fine by themselves. This just seems like a bad business maneuver. And especially, it's a bad sign if their first location is not even going to be an urban tap room. Just a bad, bad, bad idea. Um, so, skip off of that. Another bad idea, but this would be a bad idea for us. Uh, from the drinksbusiness.com, alcohol detecting laser developed. Um... This would be especially bad news for Dutch. Catching drunk drivers could soon be as simple as pointing a laser at a passing car thanks to the development of a device that can detect the presence of alcohol inside a moving car. Of course, you know there are going to be problems with this. Ah, research published by Polish scientist Jaroslaw Milnczak. Yeah, you think I'd pronounce these right. John Kub- Jan Kubicki and Christ- uh, let's see, Christoph uh, Kopczynski. Kupcin- yeah. 
I'm Polish, of the Military University of Technology in Warsaw in the Journal of Applied... Blah, 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 details of a laser system which can be used to detect alcohol vapor in moving vehicles. Uses standoff detection, a method of detecting chemical and biological compounds in uh, using a laser from a distance that is safe to those in the car. I'm going to post a uh, diagram in the chat, and nobody will be able to understand this, but there we go. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Dennis, uh, you can yell at Dutch all you want, but Dutch doesn't listen to this show, so fuck Dutch! Fuck Dutch, I say! Fuck him right in his ear! And while while we're at it, fuck Marianne's dishwasher because it's fucking broken, which fucking blows. So, and and, uh, Fulms has a good point there in the chat. That sucks. Make the kids wash them. And then uh, Scrams just posted a picture of a lovely woman in the... And they're uh, wearing a shirt that says Hakuna Sam Vodka. It means get wasted. Beautiful. Love it. Awesome. Um, but yes, Marianne, that does suck about the uh, dishwasher. I, I've gotten along with a the dishwasher these past six years. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm okay washing dishes. I mean, I, I use, um, I, I, I tend to wash my dishes as I use them. So, but the 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 amount of you know sippy cups and all everything else we go through here it would not be able to deal without a dishwasher so I I oh Marianne says if she makes the kids wash them she'll have to wash them over again anyways uh, yeah it sucks you know what um invest in some paper plates for a little bit uh, paper plates and uh, paper cups that might help for at least a brief period of time and yeah Dennis you know Dutch would use that for his uh, stupid show promo when he makes the next one in about 17 years again if he actually listened to my show he he says he likes me but he doesn't listen to my show so fuck dutch fuck him right in his nose this time uh fuck him i don't know uh can't think of any other places to fuck him that wouldn't be gay i guess a nose and ears is kind of gay too so but open invitation is still to kelly to uh to to listen to the show because this is a completely Dutch-free zone. <laughs> um, let me get back to that alcohol-detecting laser. Uh, test showed alcohol vapor could be detected on the breath of a driver as low as 0.1% and from any of the car's passengers. Okay. Higher than our legal limit, that's fine. But passengers? What the hell would they do with that? I mean, a lot of the, you know, if I've been drinking, my, you know, wife drives... So she's the designated driver, you know, especially after these beer festivals and stuff. What's a cop going to do? Sense alcohol in the car and because the passengers are, you know, inebriated, pull them over? That mm, seems a little sketchy there. Uh, the system can be set up on the side of a road to monitor each passing car with a photo of its number plate sent directly to the police if alcohol is detected. Uh, we're already familiar with laser instruments used by the police for speed limit enforcement. Now, these researchers have demonstrated how a laser device could be effectively used for detecting drunken drivers and thereby reducing, helping to reduce the number of accidents caused by drivers under the influence of alcohol. This this uh, it seems like too wide a swath. I mean, you want to promote, you know, um, designated drivers but then you're going to start pulling over cars because there are drunk people in the car that are not driving it doesn't make any sense uh the author said from the practical point of view there seem to be some countermeasures such as driving with windows open solar screens on the side windows that can be applied by drivers to deceive the system 
However, such situations are easily detected by the system, which sends this information to the policeman, indicating the car should be checked. So now if your fucking windows are down... Oh, wait. Oh, windows... You're driving with your windows open. Pull them over! Pull them over! I don't know. This seems like kind of a flawed system. Um... Oh, yeah. See, okay, Red Sox in the chat says, uh, me and Texie could be new BFFs. Uh, fuck Dutch. But Dennis corrected that. Uh, I'm saying fuck Dutch. Apparently Texie wants to fuck Dutch. So a li- little bit different there. A little bit different there. Uh, fuck Dutch. Fuck him right in his greasy ass hair and his stupid fucking beard. And come all over his chin. Wait, no, I took that a little bit too far. I was kind of going to taxi territory there. Sorry about that. Uh, in the case of driving with the air conditioning or fans on, the results of measurement will surely be distorted, but it depends on the speed of moving air, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. This seems like kind of a flawed system. There are too many too many false positives you're going to get out of that. Just, just based on the methods that you could potentially use to defeat this and then the you know presence of passengers... I don't know. It, it science is cool, but eh, eh, I, I, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of that because that that could really really be abused and just make everybody really really annoyed. Uh, from adage.com, a couple breweries are one of one of them has been doing some TV advertising for this is their second year now. One of them is just getting into it. Kona Kona Brewing. They are. Um, dipping into their first ads. Now, while Kona is, I believe, they're not owned partially by Anheuser-Busch, but they have a distribution agreement with it, if I remember correctly. So earlier this month, they launched their first... Actually, that would be earlier last month, because we're in June now. uh, Launched its first ever TV ads with a campaign called Dear Mainland that seeks to build awareness for the Kona brand where it's uh, well-known in Hawaii, but less visible in the other 39 states where it's sold. Then the other brewer, New Belgium, they've launched their second straight year of TV advertising for its Pairs Well with People campaign. Uh, both campaigns are regional. They're not going to be near the distribution that you see from Anheuser-Busch and stuff like that. But it, it's good to see some little grassroots movement with um, with ad, uh, ad space. Um, you know, typically... It's been social media marketing for these kind of companies, and traditional marketing does work. So why not why not do it where they can? Um, let's see if there's are just statistics in the rest of the article. The most aggressive ad spender in the craft beer community, obviously, is Boston Beer Company. Uh, One point four percent share of the entire beer market in twenty thirteen. And obviously, Sam Adams does commercials. Uh, they've been running TV ads for a while for flagship Sam Adams brand. And late last year, debuted national TV ads for Angry Orchard Cider. Uh, the company in 2013 ranked fifth in the beer category in measured media spending at $38 million, which is $4 million more than liquor giant Diageo spent on its beer brands in the U.S., which include Guinness. Um Let's see. Uh, Okay, yeah, here we go. Kona is owned by the Portland-based Craft Brew Alliance, which also markets Red Hook Beer. Anheuser-Busch InBev owns 32% of the company's common stock, and Craft Brew has access to uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev's wholesaler network, but the marketer maintains his own ad budget. So this this is not ads. These are not ads that are being promoted by Anheuser-Busch, so completely separate from it. Uh, in 
2013, uh, let's see, Kona spent only 136000 on measured media on its brand. Um, Craft Brew Alliance opted to boost advertising this year after spending years focusing on growing distribution, which they have done. So distribution grows, your media spread needs to grow too. Makes sense. Um, the campaign is by independent agency Duncan Channon of San Francisco. Ads are running on TV in San Diego and Orlando. So that's, that's a pretty good one half of the country, other half of the country, with radio and out-of-home ads in Los Angeles. TV spots, like the single-tasking ad that's in this article, they promote uh, Kona's Longboard Island Lager and Big Wave Golden Ale. And, oh, come on, promote the coconut. Promote Kona, well, then again, eh, uh, uh, Cocoa Brown is a seasonal, so I can understand why they wouldn't do that. Uh, so, g- good to see that. Um, and, and obviously, if you want to check out those ads, you can probably find them on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Dennis in the chat again. You know who won't buy Kona? Dutch, who still doesn't listen to my show. So, fuck Dutch, who doesn't listen to my show. And you know what? I don't think Dutch listens to really any of the shows on MLR. Hell, I, I think he's not even listening to his own show, Dutch and Royce, at... 10 o'clock tonight, half the time. See, I'll, I'm a company man. I'll still even promote. But even though I'm a company man and I'll promote, fuck Dutch. Fuck him right in his ass. Yes, I said it. And, ooh, something else from the chive. Staring at breast is good for you. Ah. That explains uh, why we're all feeling so good. Oh, it's a video. Okay. I don't need to look at boobs right now. Unless anybody wants to post some, well, I I suppose clothed boobs in the chat. We're, we're, we're trying to be, we're trying to be, uh, trying to be family friendly here on more like radio we don't use words like fuck shit nigger or kike no no and we would not dare show bare breasts wow it took me an hour and a half to get racist not bad at all um in fact did, did anybody hear that um hear about that uh video that tmz released from uh it was apparently of justin bieber like five years ago telling a really racist joke um Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, why are black people afraid of chainsaws? Now, again, I'm, I'm repeating what Justin Bieber said here. This, this is not from, from Kevin of Alcohol by Volume. This is, this is from Justin Bieber. Why are black people afraid of chainsaws? Uh, because they go, run, run, run. Um, I don't care just how fucking racist you might be, but... You know what? I I don't ugh, I don't like Rihanna. For some reason, like her her tattoos bug me and her stupid face bugs me. I don't know what it is. Um and it's not that I I don't uh I don't find, you know, black women attractive. I mean, I, on, on the whole, I am I am not I am I will admit I am not a big fan of black women. But wait, that god damn it, that did not sound right at all. I usually do not particularly find darker women attractive that's just me be them you know cuban african-american whatever but i will post an example of one that i do find attractive so uh here we go that is one i do find attractive so i think that's fair um god damn it Dennis, seven fucking 28 i know i i knew i was gonna completely fuck that up there Ugh. And I, it's not it's not even like I've been drinking that much. I, I, I'm on my second glass of the Reserva. I still have a little bit left in the bottle, but this is 11.9 ABV, so that uh, I can blame that. Uh, 
But no, Aisha Tyler's hot. Um, wait, what the hell? What the hell am I looking at here with these urinals? Um, oh, is that um, Peter Dinklage and the other one? Okay, that makes sense. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so it, it I wasn't catching on to that. Sorry, sorry. But if you do watch Game of Thrones, I know uh, Dennis does the uh, Game of Thrones podcast, which uh, usually releases any time, I think, between Monday and Thursday. I think what you guys recorded, you guys record, well, you guys recorded on Monday, Monday night, I think, and then it releases at some point during the week after you edit everything down. So check that out on the feed, uh, the Game of Thrones podcast, where they talk about... Um, I think they talk about floppy penises a lot from what I've seen. Uh, let's see. From the Post and Courier, Professor says Beard and Beer got him canned ugh, at CSU. And CSU is... Let's see. What is CSU? Um, I should probably go into the article here. Uh, CSU is... Uh, Charleston Southern University. There we go. A professor at Charleston Southern University is claiming he was fired over his mustachioed likeness adorning a Holy City beer can. Let me post the image of this can in the chat for you. And, uh, oh, okay. Uh, Dennis says it is aired Wednesdays at 3 p.m. So that's Game of Thrones podcast. Aired Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Ready for download sometime after that. Nope, sorry, Scram's not Colorado State University, so this is this is the Jesus people, and they do not like the beer. So these are what the beer cans look like. Um, this guy's name, Paul Roof. I'm sorry, uh, somebody else is Paul Roof. Paul Roof, founder of the Holy City Beard and Mustache Society, said in a Facebook ugh, said in a Facebook post Tuesday that he was let go from his position. Oh shit, okay, that is the same guy. Never mind. Uh, as an associate professor of sociology at the Christian Liberal Arts College in North Charleston. On the label of Holy City's Chucktown Follicle Brown, that's the name of the beer, he sports a curling uh, coiffed beard and white cowboy hat. And if you're in the chat, you'll see that. Um, and it, it, nothing nothing offensive about it. Um, I don't see anything sacrilegious about it it's just it's a dude with a really you know done out beard and apparently he does not do his beard like this normally either this was um it was a beard and mustache competition that they held and um the photograph was from the 2013 beard and mustache national championships there are actually beard and mustache national championships and it was a series of portraits from the event um, Phil Olson, a Lake Tahoe lawyer, organizer of the championship, said Roof was participating in the freestyle portion of the event. In some ways, it's the same as wearing a Halloween costume. It's not what Paul normally looks like. Well, um, let's see. Uh, According to Roof's Facebook post, the image has been used at Dig South and the Young Life Worship Services. As a sociologist who studies popular culture and symbolic interaction, the diverse areas where the image appears makes it a great educational tool. Now, other people, um, Phil Olson, the Lake Tahoe lawyer, organizer of the championship, said he's outraged. I hope they reconsider and hire him back. I think he's an asset to the community. Um, comments on um, his Facebook page. People are supporting him, saying he's a positive role model that showed passion and charity while being a beer icon in a college town. That kind of representation should be rewarded. The overall sentiment in the comments on this article are supporting the professor. The, the very top one says, I'm ashamed, 
of CSU today. Paul Roof has served alongside me in missions overseas, cares for all he meets, and was fired because of the use of his likeness. Now, and this this is me here, uh, aside from the comment, if they had his likeness on a can of soda, do you think they'd have a problem with that? Probably not. I, I highly, highly doubt it. Uh, what am I looking at here in the chat? I don't know, but it's fucking awesome. God damn. Oh, Jesus. Um... Uh, Paul Roof is praised by many as the best professor they've ever had. Students uh, scraped by uh, scraped to be in his classes that often filled up immediately. Or I'm sorry, scrapped to be in his classes that often filled up immediate, uh, immediately. He founded the Holy City Beard and Mustache Society that has raised funds and support for numerous charitable organizations. CSU has had great moments, but this is not one of them. Ashamed CSU alumni Christian Balzer. Now, of course, like I said, everybody is supporting him except for one delusional cunt oh my god she is supporting his firing and uh, since I actually looked at, at her comment two people have fired back which, at her which is fantastic but this is one Mary Catherine Zimmerer Grage so she's not only a Mary Catherine but she hyphenated her last name and her entire comment is filled with oddly capitalized words and punctuation so um Let's see. CSU, they are da, 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 Charleston. Uh, so I, I guess I should, I can go with a southern kind of accent here. It's blasphemous. It's not his appearance at all. It's his picture with the quote that's insinuating he's higher than God, and that's why they fired him. So if I were an intelligent professor, I'd be very careful going against the university they can counterclaim he ruined their name by going and blasting them on the media which put them in a negative light i put that in a separate sentence i don't know why and then this for his selfish reasons exclamation point they would win exclamation point solely on the fact that it is a christian university and you were employed by them which is their boss as well as his god Ugh. After doing that, I need a drink. Ugh. So Christian Balzer, the the top commenter. Negative light, Dennis. Negative light. God damn it. Not everything is niggers around here. Oof. Um. So he replied. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll start with the short one. Liz Tellefson. Mary Catherine, what on earth are you even talking about, you crazy person? So, what I was like, what quote is she talking about? Is it the fucking name of the brewery, Holy City Brewing? And that's why they fired him? You know, <laughs> yeah, he's being blasphemous. And oh, yeah, and they're, they're going to counterclaim because he ruined their name. So, I guess she's a lawyer now, too. Uh, this woman looks like a real winner on Facebook, too, because these are Facebook comments that are on the article. Uh, apparently, her favorite books are, wait for it, the Twilight series. Yes, 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 yes. Ugh. So Christian Balzer replied back to this. Mary Catherine, Mary Catherine Zimmerer Grage, where are you and what's, uh, where are you from and what's blasphemous? Are you referring to the can Holy City Brewery? Charleston is referred to as the Holy City because of a historically strong religious presence, including in downtown Charleston, where no building is allowed to be built higher than church steeples. Calling a brewery Holy City Brewery is similar to just calling it Charleston Brewery. There you go. Secondly, Paul Roof didn't and doesn't own the image. It was used of him, not by him. The picture, by the way, if you didn't read the article, was taken at one of many events he organizes to raise money and support for local charities. 
Paul Roof walks with more humility and care for others than just about anyone I've ever met, so don't call him blasphemous without ever meeting him. CSU's actions reflect not one of following Christ, but of not stepping on any toes with the Southern Baptist Convention, which they have been strongly associated with since the school's establishment. You can look that up. It was literally called the Baptist College of Charleston before being renamed to Charleston Southern University. The firing of Paul Roof is about image, at best, legalistic Christian philosophy, not God or Christ. Oh, there's actually one more comment here. I wonder if it's uh, the nut job. Um, and if the comment would load, let me refresh here and see. Because I'm curious, it, it would be amazing if the nut job replied back and then, you know, just made herself look even more stupid. Um, oh, okay. Now, this was uh, Brandon Woodcock. <laughs> Woodcock. Mary Catherine Zimmer Grage, I tell you this with the utmost respect you're what's wrong with society and a bit of a moron. I'm going to like that comment because it's good. So, yeah, just overreaction from uh, from religious types. And speaking of overreaction from religious types, um, oh, Jesus. Um, Utah says no to beer at Oktoberfest. Oh, joy. Uh, we, know, we, know, we know who to blame for this one, I'd say. Um, you know, Utah, home of the Mormons. Um, oh, yes. A long, long time ago, it has... So many awesome parts. You okay, I'm not going to get into Book of Mormon here. But um, when it comes to liquor laws, Utah is one of the oddball states. In a state where bartenders have to mix drinks behind curtains and mini kegs are illegal, here's another curveball for you. A ban on beer at Oktoberfest. Yes, a ban on beer at an Oktoberfest. When you think Oktoberfest, do you not think beer? Well, the State Liquor Commission has not and probably will not give the green light for a week for weekend permits to serve beer at Snowbird Ski Resorts Fest season later this year. Apparently, these permits are, quote, better used for nonprofits. Permits to serve beer are uh, for profit are frowned upon by the commission. The resort's Oktoberfest has been held for the past 40 years and draws more than 50,000 people each year. A beer ban would essentially kill it so what i'm curious about is what laws or or what 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 changed after 40 years who who came into power in utah you know aside from you know your usual mormon power um who who came into power and uh changed that all that i don't know um they were they were fine with it the previous 40 years but oh no no more beer now no 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 what you mean oktoberfest are serving beer what the hell oh no oh i said hell oh god i'm gonna die ah. uh, i i think dennis needs a hearing aid tonight i i, I said liquor laws i don't i don't think there's such a thing as nigger laws well actually no that's driving while black that 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 would be one i think right um i don't know there, there are all sorts of racist laws out there you know can't really think of any right now but they're there. There's a, there's probably a you know a kike law, spick law, uh, jigaboo law. Oh, actually, no, that'd be nigger law too. Uh, dot head law, um, zipper head law, um, Harvey Birdman attorney at law, um, L.A. law. Um, eh, I'm running out. <sighs> I never said it was funny. Never said it was funny. Last thing I'll hit before the. Um, for the new beer releases and reveals for the week. And I, I still got to do a fucking stinger for that. 
I know. I, I, I'm lazy, but uh, only with uh, show production. Kind of like Dutch. Fuck Dutch. <laughs> I, I, I may be lazy with show production, but at least I still make promos for other shows, like, you know, Daytime Divas. I made their promo. But Dutch, uh, he, he can't even make a promo or an intro for his own show, so fuck Dutch! Fuck Dutch! See, I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to, I don't know, get him to call or something, but... He he ain't gonna do it. He is not gonna do it. I I am I am putting out a challenge to him, and to that I say, "Fuck you, Dutch. Fuck you right in your face." Okay, it's from Hotbox at Co. Eight things a beer snob might say and what those things mean. Now, as illustrated earlier in the show, and clarified very well by Scrams, there's a difference between a beer snob and a beer douchebag. People on Beer Advocate, those are for the most part, beer douchebags. Beer snobs, I can be a beer snob at time, at times, and it's because I really enjoy different craft beers. I tend to stay away from um, from you know, regular big beers. You know, I'll go for some of the more limited releases and stuff like that, but I, I can be snobby with my beers. Um, <laughs> God damn. Wait, which which one did you get clean, Dennis? <laughs> I want to know to be prepared for it. See if I have to listen to Dutch and Royce tonight or to 360 and 420. Uh, so, eight things beer snob might say. Uh, the first one here, and they say they don't really condone beer snobbishness, but they, they're, they, like Scram said, there's a difference between beer snobbishness and beer douchebaggery. Number one, I'm really into big beers. What is a big beer? Generally refers to beers with an ABV or original gravity above a certain level. Uh, for reference, let's say most beers hover around 5% ABV. That is about an average for a craft beer. Um, so you're talking, you know, you're, you're Russian Imperial Stout, stuff like that. Some, something with a higher ABV. I mean, what I'm drinking right now, the Weyerbacher Reserva, that would qualify as a big beer because it's got a higher ABV. I'd say an ABV above 10, that'll qualify as a big beer. Um, I also tend to call them kind of, you know, heavy beers, uh, interchangeable, snobbish, none the same, you know, or none, none the same, nonetheless, never the, uh, I got nothing. English is not my first language apparently today. Um, oh, Dennis got all of them clean. Great. So I'm going to have to pay attention to Dutch and Royce and 360 on 420. Great. I got to listen to other shows. Oh, wait, I already do that. I'm like Dutch. Fuck Dutch. Ah. I don't know why I have so much anger today. Because <laughs> it's fun. Uh, number two, this is a very sessionable ale. Ugh, I've said that too. Uh, session beer. Beer with a relatively low alcohol percentage. Usually lower than 5% ABV. You get a lot of the session IPAs nowadays that are that lower end. Usually maybe about mm, 4.2, 4.5. Um, it's the kind you want, you know, just kind of sitting after mowing the lawn. You know, you don't you don't want to get drunk. You're happy just you know taking a little buzz on. Um, basically, it's what you want to drink when you don't necessarily want to get shit faced. This is one that I have not said. Number three, my favorite beer started at 80 IBUs. Well, let's see, international bitterness units. That's for the people that really really like the bitter and hoppy IPAs, like the imperial IPAs, double IPAs, triple IPAs, stuff like that. So that is one thing I will not be saying. Uh, I, I'm still I'm still straying away from those high IBU beers. Of course, it could be equally snobbish to say, well, I prefer a beer with a low IBU. So that that's kind of snobbish too. This is one that I think a lot of us have actually said. I know I've seen it in the chat. Number four, 
that tastes way better on nitro. Nitro beer, you know, you know Guinness. Uh, you use the nitrogen uh, nitrogen uh, tap. You get the nitro widget in the cans of Guinness. There, there are certain beers that taste better on nitro, and they they just feel better on nitro. They look better on nitro. Guinness, 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 Guinness. Um, I mean, uh, they're they're referring to um, left hands nitro milk stout. In my opinion, um. The bottled nitro milk stout isn't really any better than the regular milk stout. However, I've had nitro milk stout on tap. That is better. So It does taste way better on nitro. It's true. Uh, number five. God damn it, I've said this too. This is one of the highest ranked beers in the world. They're talking about anything from beer advocate to rate beer to beer competitions, things like that. Usually when I say that, I'm talking about Beer Advocate and the numbers that they put up there. Yes, I I think there's a bunch of douchebaggery in the forums. However, the ratings on their actual beer listings, they are kind of a good baseline. You can also use stuff like Rate Beer. You can use Untapped. Use a variety of things to kind of figure out, okay, it, you know, this this site rates it highly. This site rates it, you know, a little bit lower than that. So, it's probably somewhere in between. Uh, number six is one I have never said before because it, well, to be honest, it sounds kind of queer. This beer is infinitely quaffable. So they say here, what does quaffable mean? Please refrain from using this word in casual conversation, but if you must know, it refers to a beer's drinkability. It's separate from a beer being sessionable, which is focused on ABB, rather quaffable speaks to whether or not you can easily drink more than one of the same beer in one sitting. A good comparison may be an IPA, Generally easy to drink in quantity versus a porter. Okay, makes sense. Um, and and still, you know, typically porters will tend to be unless it's like an imperial IPA. T- porters will tend to be a little bit higher IPA than an I or uh, higher wow higher ABV than an IPA. I'm getting my uh, word uh, acronyms all mixed up. Acronym? No, it's not even an acronym. Um, is that uh, whatever. Initials, initials. That's what. Uh, but I, I would never say a beer is infinitely quaffable. I'd say, hmm, yeah, it's pretty easy to drink. Yeah, I could have a bunch of these. I'm not going to say anything about being quaffable. Ugh. Um, number seven, I actually prefer this beer warm. I've never said that either. I tend to not like warm beers. I have not yet found a beer that tastes better warm than it does chilled. But apparently some beers benefit from sitting out a bit. Um, Cascales are better served to room temperature. In that case, I can kind of understand. You look at something like Sam Adams Utopias. I, I'm not, you know, refrigerating that. That's room temperature. Uh, other, like, maybe like a bourbon barrel aged beer, you might get a different element of the burn from it. But mm, may, maybe if I'm aging stuff, but that's about it. The number eight, I've said something similar to this, but not with a cock in my mouth. So... You can you can not you can not talk about that, Dennis. God damn it. He's gonna edit that anyway. This has a surprisingly pleasant mouthfeel. Or I could say it like Dennis wants me to say it. Ooh, this has a surprisingly pleasant mouthfeel. Ooh. And when you're talking mouthfeel, you're just talking the way the beer feels in your mouth. Um if it has, you know, a certain carbonation, has a certain creaminess, has a certain thickness to it, I mean like, again, back to Sam Adams Utopias because it's right next to me here. 
uh, that has a uh, inherent syrupiness to it. Some higher ABV beers do have that syrupiness to them. Uh, lower ABV beers may have a kind of thinness to them, you know, but more of a carbonation, you know, things like that. So, yeah, they may be they may be beer snob things, but I've said them anyway, so I'm apparently a beer snob. So whatever, fuck. Um, uh oh, the chat has died. So I'm wondering if Dennis is just off clipping stuff now. Oh, oh, okay, now he's got it. Uh, I like how Kevin's covering for his homosexuality by referring to me somehow. Well, I'm not talking about Bailey J and other trannies this week. I'm not talking about tranny cock for the first time in many shows. I'm leaving that to brain stew now because that is apparently their calling. Because they they talked about tranny cock for, I don't know, it had to be a good 45 minutes last Friday. That would be uh, brain stew from uh, 8 to 10. And if they feel like going later, 8 to 10 on Fridays here on More Like Radio, that would be uh, Hammy and Joe and Punchy all talking about hot, throbbing tranny cock. Mm Mm-hmm. So with that out of the way, uh, let's get to the new beer releases and reveals for the week. We have uh, a new Stone Enjoy by IPA. I have missed the last couple. I know the most recent one did not get distributed near me. Whereas, um, oh, and okay, you know what? Before I get into that, um, Dennis says, you know, who hates Bailey J. Dutch, who doesn't listen to my show. Yes, Dutch hates Bailey J., so which, that means, you know what? Okay, Dutch hates trannies, which means that he hates bountiful breasts. Dutch hates good tits. And Dutch hates my show. Fuck Dutch! Fuck Dutch right in his... Uh, what else he got? Fuck him in his toes! Ugh. I don't know, I'm running out of body parts here. Fuck him in his fingers? I don't know. Fuck him in his stupid trucker hat. Ugh. Dude, Dutch, come on. Out of style. You're not Justin Timberlake. Uh, Stone enjoyed by IPA. <laughs> Off track. Stone enjoyed by IPA. 7-4-14. That's the 4th of July. And I see you there, Marianne. Uh, I'm, I'm going to see if I can pick up this one. Uh, enjoyed by July 4th, 2014. Available to retailers and restaurants in all 41 states in which Stone is sold. It's 9.4% ABV. 88 IBU, so you get some pretty good bitterness there. It's going to be in 22-ounce bottles and on draft. It shipped out last Friday. Um, oh, okay, yeah, Marianne's right. You know, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about Dutch and we're gonna say what a bad person he is and why he doesn't listen to my show, fuck Dutch, fuck him right in his goddamn belly button where he probably hasn't cleaned it in fucking ages, and you're gonna get lint on the fucking dip of your dick, tip of your cock. Fuck Dutch right in his fucking belly button. That's what I say to that. So, uh, Stone Enjoy by IPA, July 4th, shipped out last Friday. So, keep an eye out for that. I, I want to try one of the Enjoy by IPAs. I just haven't found it yet since I started drinking IPAs. Uh, next one here. From Dominion Brewing. I enjoy Dominion Brewing, and uh, this one seems to be a pretty, you know, pretty... pretty Easy going beer here. This is Beach House Golden Pilsner. It's five per yeah five percent ABV, Bohemian Pilsner brewed and dry hopped with Saz hops for a spicy clean bitterness. And it, it this and the next one I'm I'm coming up with. It seems like uh, some of the summer seasonals are going more Pilsner uh, Pilsner focused. Available now through the Mid Atlantic region in twelve ounce six packs. Next one we got is Abita Seersucker Summer Pills. Um. 
4.8% ABV brewed with Carapils malts hopped in the German tradition. One of a few six-pack offerings from Abita that I actually have yet to have. I know this is, it's not a new one. It's just a new release for the for the summer. Um, so if I see it, I will probably be grabbing it, provided I'm not just grabbing growler after growler after growler. I do need to grab six-packs eventually. I, I kind of do miss drinking from bottles. I have to admit that. Next one here from Allagash. Al- uh, don't want to hit that. Allagash Nancy. Um, do, 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 do. Post this image in the chat here. Uh, let's see. It's an American wild ale. So, yum. I enjoy those. Brewed with wild cherries. It is hot on the heels of Allagash Current Affair, which is another American wild ale edge with currants. Uh, Little Sal, which is an American wild ale aged in red wine barrels with blueberries. And Nettles, which is a rum barrel aged ale. This is going to be in 12.7 ounce bottles. Arrival and ABV as yet unknown for this. The label they have here says 6.3%, so probably somewhere around there. Uh, going for some big beer here, but big beer from Canada. Apparently, Labatt is uh, going to be releasing a barrel aged beer. So this is kind of interesting. It's part of the Labatt Prohibition series. It's a bourbon barrel ale. Uh, ale brewed with bourbon barrel staves and natural flavor added. So you got to worry a little bit about that natural flavor added thing, but see what happens. Um, I'm, I'm probably not going to see that here. I don't really see Labatt all that much. Um, but part of their Prohibition series, 12-ounce um, bottles. More info to follow on that, 6% ABV, as the label says at present. Then we got a new reveal for the Beer Camp Across America variety pack that Sierra Nevada is uh, releasing. Beer Camp Tater Ridge. They teamed up with the Asheville Brewers Alliance for this addition to Sierra Nevada's upcoming Beer Camp Across America 12 pack. It's a Scottish ale with sweet potatoes, 12 ounce bottles, 7% ABV. It's going to be 35 IBUs, so you're lower on the bitterness scale there. And this pack will be shipping next month. Yes, it will be shipping in July. So keep an eye out for that. Um, that that is that's one I am definitely looking for. I get Sierra Nevada out here and a a, a broad collaboration pack like that is is a must find for me. That I love variety packs that are are genuine variety like that. Uh, next one I got here is from Catawba Brewing. Now, this is a, a little bit more local. It's out of uh, Morganton, North Carolina. Uh, it's a brown ale brewed with raspberries and aged on peanuts to evoke that peanut butter and jelly flavor that most of us love. I mean, I don't know who doesn't love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, except for, you know, those people out there with the unfortunate peanut allergy. Sorry, Kayla. I, I, f- I, feel, bad that, I feel bad that Kayla cannot enjoy a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But, um... I don't know, uh, almond butter, perhaps? I don't know. That might work. But anyway, this uh, this will be available in 12-ounce cans, but in limited supply near the brewery. So any listeners that I may have in North Carolina, you are welcome to send me a can of this. It is going to be 5.75% ABV. Um, and then the last one here, got another mixed pack, another variety pack. See, the thing I like about the, the beer camp pack is that while it's, you could say, hosted by Sierra Nevada, it's collaboration with all different breweries, really. So you're, you're really getting 
I mean, I would assume a 12-pack, you're getting two probably of each beer. So you're really getting a taste of six different breweries in that case. Now, this one, this is all from uh, Boulder Beer, but it's still a variety pack, which is is always a good deal. Oh, okay, Marianne says Sun Butter. Uh, I, is that sunflower seeds, I'm guessing? So, I don't know. Oh, I can't imagine. And I, I well, yeah, and I... I I was initially thinking PB2 as well, but that's that's basically dehydrated peanut butter, so you're still going with the peanut for that. But you you, you got to have that experience of some sort of butter and jelly sandwich, but you know, not 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 butter per se, but some sort of crushed seed or nut, I suppose. But um, I'm curious about sun butter now. I'd like to try that. Yep, sunflower. Yeah, and you know what? The the sun the sun butter is actually probably better for you than uh, the peanut butter too. Just guessing, though. I could be completely wrong on that. Uh, I never eat peanut butter. I have I have the the PB2 dehydrated peanut butter. So whenever I want peanut butter in a smoothie or I want a peanut butter sandwich, I I just uh I use that stuff. Uh, nutrition hour here on alcohol by volume. So back back to the Boulder beer, Brewers Dozen Brewers Dozen variety pack. Did I even post this image in the chat? No, I didn't. God damn. I'm derailing myself as I run out of time. Uh, prior to this particular refresh of the case, oh, Marianne says it is better for you. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that, like Whole Foods and stuff. Uh, the package include, uh, had Hazden infused, Mojo IPA, Sweaty Betty Blonde, Hefeweizen, and then a ro- uh, rotating Brewer's Choice beer. Well, the new mix, they swap out Sweaty Betty with their new award-winning, and not really new, but new-ish, award-winning Shake Chocolate Porter. Yes. So good. If you like chocolate and you haven't had shake chocolate porter, get it. Tastes like a goddamn milkshake. Uh, while retaining Hazen Infused Mojo IPA and the Rotating Brewer's Choice Mystery Beer. So to celebrate the release, Boulder Beer, they came up with a Find My Phone promotion, dropping cell phones in numerous boxes with a programmed number to call when found. The lucky customers that find a phone in their brewer's dozen, call the brewery, win Boulder Beer gear. The idea for the promotion blossomed when one of their production employees, without uh, realizing, dropped his cell phone into a brewer's dozen while hand-sorting the bottles. By the time he figured out what happened and tracked his phone's whereabouts, it was already somewhere in Pennsylvania. The pack will be available in all 37 states where Boulder Beer is distributed. This is another one I am going to be looking for. With that, we are out of time. And while I know Dutch never runs out of time, well, that's because Dutch doesn't listen to other shows. So fuck Dutch, I say. Fuck Dutch. Let's see. Um, any other orifices? Uh, orifice? You know what? Fuck Dutch right in his fucking pee hole. Do a fucking meat spin on him. Fuck Dutch. Ugh. Um, so as always, if there's a local beer you think I should try, drop me an email at kevin at morelikeradio.com. We can try and work out a beer trade. Uh, there's the ABV beer tasting list. Uh, tinyurlcom slash ABV beer tasting. Again, I've been lax with adding stuff to it. I need to add some more stuff. Uh, check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group. Facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the ABV Facebook page. Facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. Follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S. And at MLR underscore alcohol. Look me up on Untapped. Alcohol by volume, all one word. Yes, Dennis, it's going to be really awkward at the live event. (laughs) But wait, how is it going to be awkward at the live event? He doesn't listen to this show. Fuck Dutch. Coming up next, Unsigned Hyper J5, followed by Fuck Dutch and Royce. (laughs) I will see you guys next week. 
Fuck Dutch. Fuck Dutch. Fuck Dutch. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'll see you guys.